0: you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other, and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today?
1: Lovely and hydrated. How are you doing?
0: Good. Just trying to stay out of choreographed knife fights and bitter-tasting chemicals in my buffalo wings.
1: <laughs> that sounds like it shouldn't be too hard.
0: I try. (laughs) And if our listeners have no idea what we're talking about, listen to our last two podcasts. We know that our super friends are in the know, though.
1: They are.
0: Now, before we get started, I wanted to announce an exciting new contest, or at least it's exciting to Isela and I. Yes. As we mentioned last week, we had just crossed 400 listens of our podcast. We are well on our way to 500 listens, but we're very ambitious. We want all of the listens.
1: All. Oh,
0: so if you want to help us get there, please leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the better the chance of us getting featured and attracting new listeners. And we're going to make it worth your while. If you leave us a review and send us a screenshot to one of our socials at Tac on Instagram and Twitter or Tac at gmail.com, take a, a screenshot of the review and send it to us. Once we get 25 reviews, we're going to pick a name at random and give you a technically a conversation shirt. Yay. You'll be amongst the first to say you're a technically a conversation super friend. You'll be the envy of all your family and friends. If we somehow get 50 reviews, we'll give away two shirts. If we get 100 reviews, we'll give away four shirts. The only caveat is that we can only ship to the US, Canada, UK, all 28 countries in the EU and Australia. We wish we could offer this worldwide, but those are the only places our shipping partner can send them. So remember, leave us a review, send us a screenshot at GreetingsTAC on Instagram and Twitter, or GreetingsTAC at gmail.com. Once we reach 25, we'll do the drawing. That's all you need to do to enter, oh, and live in the US, Canada, UK, EU, and Australia. So with all that out of the way, are you ready to get started?
1: Let's do this.
0: All right, let's get started. So Isela. Have you ever lied before?
1: I'm sure. Definitely.
0: Have you ever been hooked up to a lie detector before? No. Have you ever been tied up or bound in chains?
1: No, but from what I've seen when people get their lie detector tests, it looks very similar. They're like have (laughs) straps across their chests and all kinds of tubes. And I mean, it looks semi-torturous, to be perfectly honest. Like that would already make me all like paranoid.
0: Have you ever led a secret double life?
1: A secret double life? Not yet. I'm so excited, though. I can't wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to cover Wonder Woman this week to coincide with Wonder Woman Day, which falls on Thursday, October 21st.
1: Right around the corner.
0: That's right. It'll be this week. So what makes this Wonder Woman Day even more special is that it's also the 80th anniversary of one of the world's most beloved and popular superheroes of all time. Can you believe that our little Diana Prince is already 80 years old?
1: Wow. Are you serious right now? I'm serious. Oh my gosh, that's insane. And I think even the evolution of her is really freaking cool.
0: I'll go into that a little bit. Yay. Now, it seems like only yesterday that Queen Hippolyta molded her out of clay and Zeus breathed life into her on the island of the Mascara. Aside from Superman and Batman, who along with Wonder Woman formed the Trinity, no other comic book character has lasted this long. If you ask a rando on the street to name three comic book characters, chances are those three will be Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Those three also happened to be my favorites. Seeing the Trinity sharing the screen for the first time in Zack Snyder's brilliant Batman v Superman brought tears to my eyes. And to this day, I still tear up Every time I see that scene. Really? Yeah. Just thinking about that scene right now uh makes me want to tear up a little bit.
1: Oh wow.
0: <laughs> I know I'm I'm super cheesy, but um like I said, there's no other characters that I love more than than those three, than the Trinity.
1: Very
0: cool. Unlike other topics where Isella doesn't know beforehand what the subject will be. I clumsily told her what the topic was when we we're <laughs> discussing the subjects we wanted to cover in October, since it's one of our favorite months. So before I spill the tea on Diana, Princess of the Mascara, how familiar are you with this character?
1: Not very. Uh, The very first time that I think she came into my life, so to speak, was the show, the Wonder Woman show with Linda Carter. I couldn't exactly grasp everything that was going on, but I remember she ran fast and her hair was so bouncy and shiny and black and pretty and... I remember thinking it was so cool to watch, even though I didn't know what the heck was going on. And her lasso was, like, freaking cool as hell. And then I remember seeing a cartoon a little bit later. That was when I found out about her Wonder Woman jet, um, which I thought was weird, right? Because it's, like, invisible. I'm like, well, how do you know where it is? <laughs> and you, like, hit it and you hit your head or something. <laughs> You're like, boom. Oh, there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That is super weird. Sadly, I don't touch on that in this um, because I really was trying to keep this around 30 minutes. You know, with a character that has such a long history like Wonder Woman, there's so much to unpack.
1: 80 years, yeah.
0: Just for the sake of brevity, I'll only be covering the most noteworthy and basic facts, but I'll try and throw in a few surprises. Think of this more as a Cliff Notes version, but I hope that you still find something interesting and of value. And not to discount what you were saying, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, was also my first memory of her. Hmm. I remember my parents watching it when I was a kid. And, you know, I also didn't really know too much what was going on. But I just remember seeing her and thinking that she looked like a real superhero, like she really sold it.
1: Yeah, I remember just kind of looking at the (laughs) wood-framed TVs. And I just remember staring at it like, I just kind of being mesmerized by her character.
0: You said it perfectly. She was very mesmerizing. It was hard not to be captivated seeing her on the screen. So let's start off at the beginning, Isela. Do you know why October 21st is Wonder Woman Day?
1: Is that the first time that they released like a cartoon or whatever came out first, a comic, I guess?
0: That's exactly it. Yay! On October 21st, 1941, was the first appearance of Wonder Woman in a story from All-Star Comics number eight called Introducing Wonder Woman. So this is pretty much the origin story of the character, and also introduces us to Steve Trevor, who's Diana's love interest, Queen Hippolyta, which is Diana's mother, and Mala, a friend of Diana. If you've ever watched the Wonder Woman series with Lynda Carter, the one we were just talking about, it's pretty much the first episode. Steve Trevor, a US Army pilot, crash lands on Paradise Island while chasing Fritz, a Nazi spy. Diana and Mala find him and take him to their hospital. Diana stays by his side and nurses him back to health and falls in love with him. Once he's better, Queen Hippolyta wants to return him back to America. She holds a competition to see which one of the Amazons will be accompanying him and will serve as their ambassador. Diana wants to join the competition, but Hippolyta forbids her. So Diana wears a mask and does so anyway. So the match comes down to Diana and Mala, who are to deflect five bullets with their bracelets. Diana deflects all five. Mala deflects four, and on the fifth bullet, she's wounded. Diana is declared the winner and unmasks herself. At this point, Hippolyta agrees to let her go and gives Diana the patriotic costume she was most known for in her early years and names her Wonder Woman. As you probably guessed by now, this issue of All-Star Comics was a success, and Wonder Woman got her very own comic and continued the story in Sensation Comics number one.
1: That is so cool. I feel like she was the very first leading lady.
0: So going back to that All-Star Comics number 8, I know you're really good at guessing. A copy of All-Star Comics number 8 was sold at auction in 2017. How much do you think it sold for?
1: 30 million dollars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say maybe like 30,000.
0: I'll give you a hint. While this was the first appearance of Wonder Woman and without a doubt The reason this comic book sold for so much, she is nowhere on the cover. She's not even mentioned on the cover. The cover shows the Justice Society of America and talks about its two new members, Dr. Midnight and Starman. I'll put a picture up on the social so that you can see what that comic book cover looked like. So knowing that, how much do you think the comic sold for?
1: So I might devalue it then. I'm going to... Well, no, you know what? I'll still go with 30 grand. I don't even know what the going rate is, so... Why am I pretending?
0: Is that your final answer?
1: That is my final answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It actually sold for $936,233, setting a new record for that issue.
1: That's absolutely ludicrous. Oh, that's almost a million dollars. Did it say who the heck purchased it? Was it like somebody in America, like a collector in America?
0: That I didn't look into.
1: I was just curious. That's insane money for, I mean, I don't want to resort it down to just paper belittle it, but kind of is. Wow. It's a piece of history.
0: It is. And to those of us nerds that value that type of thing, (laughs) we kind of wish we had those $936,233 to buy it.
1: Wow. I know. (sighs) That's insane.
0: I couldn't find out how many issues were sold back in 1941, but it did sell for 10 cents back then which would be $2.76 in today's money.
1: (laughs) So basically a million dollar profit.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Wow. So now that we know Diana's origin story from her comic book appearance, how she got her costume and name, and how she met Steve Trevor, let's talk about Dr. William Moulton Marston, the creator of Wonder Woman, as he's a very interesting person. Right after... We return from a quick commercial break. You don't have to go through a boom tube to get a gradney goodness
1: tube steak. 100% beef for 100% goodness. We have something
0: to please even the snootiest of appetites. Try our classic hot dog or hot sausage for something that's filling while on the run. Or our beef patty when you want to enjoy your meat snack with two hands. And for our vegan friends, our hot pretzel is sure to satisfy. Our prices are something your wallet will also like. The all-beef granny goodness francs are only dollar. two for $1.75. And the hot sausages are only $1.50. Prices and
1: participation vary. Tax not included. See our food cards for details. Serving the greater central city downtown area. Member DCEU.
0: So how was your breaky, Sella?
1: It was lovely. That commercial just makes me think I really need to check that out. It's, it's cheap. It sounds delicious.
0: And who doesn't love hot dogs?
1: Right? Who doesn't want to shave off 38 minutes of your life with a hot dog? You know what the last 38 minutes are? You're going to be shitting in a bag. You can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I heard that from, I think, uh, with Dennis Leary or something. It was very funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, during my break, I was trying to make bracelets to deflect bullets. But then I remembered that I'm allergic to bullets, and that probably wouldn't be a good idea.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a problem. Plus, you would probably never want to take them off if you actually had them on, even if you couldn't. You'd be like, cha-ching, cha-ching, kind of posing everywhere you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I realized it wasn't a good idea, I drank a bottle of Pepe Chico and ate some pumpkin spice ramen instead.
1: I think um, it's actually Topo Chico, just BT-dubs, and (laughs) pumpkin spice ramen still sounds gross. We still got to try the apple cider donut.
0: I was going to say that. Speaking of pumpkin spice, did you know that there's a new flavor coming for the throne?
1: Oh, do tell. From where?
0: Well, apparently Starbucks released something called Apple Crisp Macchiato. Yes. And people are quickly taking sides. It's like the whole Team Edward, Team Jacob thing all over again.
1: Is that a Twilight thing? Team Edward, Team Jacob.
0: Even I know that Isela, and I've never seen or read Twilight.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it either, but it sounds like that. I think, right?
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it is Twilight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, that's so <laughs> strange coming from you. I'm like, did he just reference a Twilight <laughs> thing?
0: <laughs> What's well, because I remember when when the whole Twilight thing came out. I mean, I was completely oblivious to it, but I would always see on Twitter people fighting and then they would put like the hashtag Team Edward, Team Jacob. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what's Team Edward, Team Jacob? Like, what's that? What? Like, I had no idea what was going on. No. So I Googled it and apparently they're like the two main love interests for the Twilight girl. I don't know what her name is. Belle. I, I want to say her name is Belle, but I'm probably wrong.
1: I know... The actual actress or actor's name, her name is um, Kristen Stewart or something like that. Yes. So going back to this apple crisp macchiato, I saw it on the menu because my sister likes, well, that's an understatement. My sister loves Starbucks. So when we went this weekend, I saw it, but they have like the best vanilla chai. I'm sorry, just chai tea. So I said, I haven't had this in a long time, but I really want to try that. It's so hard. For me to stray when I know I got something that's going to be like a surefire, delicious thing versus like go out of my comfort zone. And I don't know. I couldn't do it, but it looked really delicious.
0: Have you ever had the pumpkin spice?
1: Yes, I have. It's so good. I never thought I would like it because I don't, I don't even like pumpkin pie. I don't like carving pumpkins. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> any of that.
0: <sighs> so do you think that you would be team pumpkin spice or team apple crisp macchiato?
1: Definitely apple crisp macchiato because I love apples to begin with. The only thing about pumpkins that I do like is the pumpkin spice lattes.
0: So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. When it comes to artificial flavors, I'm all over Apple. I like my phone's Android and I like my coffee Apple.
1: There you go. But here's a quick question. Have you tried the pumpkin spice latte?
0: I haven't tried any of them. <gasps> so that's actually what I was going to say. So this weekend, we're going to hang out to do some more videos. Yeah. We'll have to do the Pepsi challenge. Yes. With the pumpkin spice latte, the apple crisp macchiato. We have to finally try the apple cider donuts. Now that we know they sell them at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And we've got to track down a pumpkin spice cup of noodles so you can try it also.
1: That sounds so gross. I'm, <laughs> I was totally down until that last part. The absolutely in. <laughs>
0: Oh, I mean, we could try it and then we can report back next week with what we like the most.
1: That does sound like a pretty good challenge. I'm not even going to lie.
0: <laughs> so that'll be our goal this weekend. Aside from recording videos.
1: We're going to be so stuffed.
0: <laughs> and probably getting sick from that pumpkin spice cup of noodles. But I, I totally don't want to knock it until I try it.
1: This is true. I didn't think I was going to like pumpkin spice latte. I was like, get that crap out of here. And then somebody bought it for me at, <laughs> at work. Just, you know, like, a, like an off chance. And then it was free, so I said, all right, well, let me try it. And then it's something, this inverse correlation where, like, the less you pay for it, like, the better sometimes it tastes, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, jeez, this was free. This tastes delicious.
0: <laughs> yeah, or just sometimes just the fact that somebody gave it to you, you kind of value it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and plus we're going to be, like, super hopped up on all the caffeine. We're going to be like, oh, my God, let's do this. Hurry!" Right. <laughs>
0: There'll be 10-second videos instead of the 24 or whatever for <laughs> that they have to be for TikTok.
1: Exactly. We're like, hello, everybody. Guess what we're going to be doing.
0: <laughs> now, before our commercial break, I mentioned that we would talk about the creator of Wonder Woman, Dr. William Malton Marston. Now, had Dr. Marston only created Wonder Woman, and that was his only claim to fame, that would be an accomplishment in and of itself. We would still be talking about him on this basis alone. But he was an overachiever. He held three degrees and was also an inventor. Do you want to take a guess at what invention he's best known for?
1: I don't know. This was back in when? It was in 1921. <gasps> oh, my God. 1921? Uh, the light bulb? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. Um, the ice cube tray.
0: No. I'll give you a hint. It was one of the awkward questions that I asked you at the beginning of the show.
1: If I was ever... Al- oh, oh, the lie detector test, oh, the polygraph, I guess then, right?
0: Yes. He invented the lie detector test in 1921. Wow. So the following information is from a, S- a Smithsonian article titled, The Surprising Origin Story of Wonder Woman by Jill Lapore. Dr. Marston was an internationally famous psychologist who held three degrees from Harvard, including a PhD in psychology. I found that one of the other degrees he had was a law degree. I couldn't find what the third one was. Prior to getting into the comic book industry, he had worked as a lawyer, scientist, and professor. He'd been a consulting psychologist for Universal Pictures. He'd also written screenplays, a novel, and dozens of magazine articles. One of those magazine articles that he wrote for Family Circle offered his opinion about comics. Dr. Marston stated that some of them are full of torture, kidnapping, sadism, and other cruel business. But when a lovely heroine is bound to the stake, comic followers are sure that the rescue will arrive in the nick of time. The reader's wish is to save the girl, not to see her suffer. So, this quote and this article caught the eye of Maxwell Charles Gaines. He founded All American Comics in 1933. You might have heard of a couple of the comics that he published. A few of the notable ones were Superman in 1938 and Batman in 1939. Some of the other hits were The Atom, The Flash, and Green Lantern. How all American comics turned into national comics publication, turned into detective comics, or DC Comics, as it's known now, is a story for another day. But Gaines was running a a pretty successful little comic book empire Kids couldn't get enough of them. But by 1940, they were facing an image problem. They were criticized for glorifying and celebrating violence, even sexual violence. Parents and teachers were being called upon to ban the books. The Chicago Daily News wrote the following in 1940. Comic books are a national disgrace. 10 million copies of these sex horror serials are sold every month. The newspaper literary editor called for parents and teachers to ban the comics unless we want a coming generation even more ferocious than the present one. So realizing that he had a problem, and remembering the article Marston had written in Family Circle, Gaines hired Marston as a consultant. An editorial advisory board was started to QC their books, and books in which Superman and Batman appeared were stamped with an Assurance of Quality logo, the now famous A DC publication. So Gaines starts an advisory board, Marston is appointed to be in charge, Isela, what do you think their first order of business was?
1: Probably to brainstorm how they could turn that image around. Mm,
0: That's pretty logical. That makes sense. I probably would have done the same thing. Since I have a follow-up question (laughs) that obviously didn't happen, what do you think Marston decided to do?
1: I don't know. Maybe he's the one who invented her himself and said, hey, this is what we're going to go with.
0: That is actually an excellent guess. According to Marston... The comic's worst offense was their blood-curdling masculinity. The best way to fend off critics would be to create a female superhero. Not the first thing I would have thought of, but I also don't have three degrees from Harvard. <laughs> As you can imagine, Gaines wasn't very impressed by this answer, but he, d- he decided to take a chance on him with the condition that Marston write it. So in February of 1941, Marston submits his first draft under the pen name of Charles Moulton, and stated that his comic was meant to chronicle a great movement now underway the growth in the power of women. So we're off to a great start. Wonder Woman debuts in All Star Comics number eight in October of 1941. She gets her own book, Sensation Comics, in January of 1942. She's got her golden tiara, her red bustier, blue underpants, knee high red boots. She's left Paradise Island to fight fascism with feminism. Gaines thought it was good, clean, super patriotic fun. What could possibly go wrong, right?
1: Mm. Oh, no. That's usually like when things run around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so something happened in March of 1942. Isela, what do you think might have happened?
1: Oh, no, I don't know. March of 1942. I don't know. Did she get her own doll? No, not yet. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, what happened was that those prudes at the National Organization for Decent Literature put Sensation Comics on its blacklist of publications disapproved for youth. For one reason, Wonder Woman is not sufficiently dressed.
1: Oh, I get it now. What? That's super ridiculous. I love that she was meant to represent everything like the opposite of fierce. And, you know, she's still fierce, but in like... I don't know, maybe like a maternal, hey, let me take care of you, I'll save you type of way. Still very super, you know, heroic.
0: So it seems like Gaines just can't get a break. So pretend you're Gaines. What will your next course of action be? What would you do if you were in his predicament?
1: Well, I would probably pump out a comic that showed how great and how, you know, she stood for everything pure. Maybe the Maybe that's the lasso.
0: Again, very logical. That seems like a very reasonable and sensible thing to do. Gaines, however, decided he needed another expert, this time a female expert. So he brought in Loretta Bender, an associate professor of psychiatry at New York University Medical School and a senior psychiatrist at Bellevue Hospital. So we got Bender on board, we got Marston, now they're surely going to tackle the issue of excessive violence and sexism, right?
1: I think it's fantastic that he's pulling in all these people from like a psychological background or some kind of psychiatrist background. I don't know what the difference is again. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, I broke this barrier. Now my friends are going to help me break the other barrier or something. How cool.
0: Well, if you couldn't sense the sarcasm in my voice, when I asked if they were going to tackle the issue of excessive violence and sexism, (laughs) then the answer was no. Right. Uh, What Bender ended up doing was writing an article based on her experience with children who had been abused, who would seek refuge in comics She concluded that comics were the folklore of this age and worked culturally the same way fables and fairy tales did. As you could probably guess, this did little to end the controversy and they continued their series of mishaps until 1954 when the Comic Magazine Association of America adopted a new code that stated that all scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, and masochism shall not be permitted
1: oh wow so they actually dropped down the the law they're like this is it now there's
0: regulations they really had no choice again with all these brilliant people that games was bringing on none of them had the foresight of saying you know if excessive violence and sexism are the problems let's tone down the excessive violence and and sexism None of them had the sense to, to do that. I mean, that would have solved all their problems. But again, they all thought that they were right. So they kept on bringing experts to try and, you know, write puff pieces agreeing with them. But, you know, of course, it didn't fly, especially not in the 1940s and the 1950s.
1: Maybe it's the three degrees that make them very book smart, but maybe not necessarily street smart.
0: Not street smart like you and I. That's
1: right. We're from the streets, yo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know it's been a few episodes, but I think it's time to bring back the fun facts to finish this story up. These are from a BBC article titled, Five Surprising Secrets Behind the Creation of Wonder Woman. No author was listed. So we had talked earlier about Dr. Marston being the inventor of the lie detector. Wonder Woman's signature weapon, the Lasso of Hestia, also known as the Lasso of Truth, is perhaps a nod to this invention. The Lasso of Hestia compels you to reveal the truth, Isela. Did you know that fun fact?
1: I do remember the Lasso of Truth. I didn't know that it also had this, well, I guess maybe that was his original name of uh, Lasso of Hestia. That's pretty cool.
0: Okay, so let's see if you know this fun fact. Who was Dr. Marston's inspiration for Wonder Woman?
1: It's gotta be like, maybe like an aunt or a mom or something like that. Maybe he he saw his mom or aunt in a very superheroic sense. Mm. (laughs) I knew it was coming.
0: (laughs) It was actually his wife, Elizabeth Holloway, Hmm. and his mistress, Olive Byrne.
1: What the hell? I was like, oh, this is so sweet. Fuck that dude. What do you mean mistress? (laughs) 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 Sorry. Sorry, folks. That's pretty
0: fucked up. Well, let me explain the situation to you. They all lived together in a polyamorous relationship, and each woman had two children with Marston.
1: Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Now, in order to avoid being ostracized by the community, they came up with a cover story that Olive was Marston's widowed sister-in-law and had taken her in as a kindness. Even after Marston's death in 1947, the women continued living together for the rest of their lives. Oh my gosh. According to the legend, Olive Byrne, the mistress served as the visual inspiration for Wonder Woman, right down to the bracelets that Olive would often wear. <gasps> it is believed, however, that Elizabeth was the one that gave Marston the idea to create a female superhero. She was also a highly educated woman, and like her husband, also had a degree in law and psychology. So I would kind of say the inspiration for Wonder Woman's intelligence was probably down to Elizabeth. The wife.
1: Wow. Oh, my God. that's That alone is mind-blowing, because that, oh, my God. <laughs> maybe this is also like the mexican side of us where like women and men are known to be very like jealous and like what are you looking at and like that whole thing i mean i don't participate in that whole thing but that's so foreign to me
0: i mean pretty much that's like every guy's dream right so i guess power to him for being able to pull it off and you know his wife was obviously cool with it
1: i just have so many questions like Maybe was even one of those things where they're like, hey, this is my friend. We should bring her into this relationship. And then he was like, you know, a toda madre, let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, Olive was actually a student of uh, Marston because Marston was a psychology professor at that time. And she was his student.
1: What a dirty dog. Come on, <laughs> Marston. Híjole. Can't help but think about that Billie Eilish song, Your Power. If you guys haven't heard it, check it out. Great lyrics. Wow. All right. I mean, but, you know, they're adults.
0: And again, he's living probably every guy's fantasy too, so
1: that is where I question, cause most men that I know are usually complaining in some so can you imagine having double the headaches and like double the women with <laughs> a double the length of like a freaking honeydo list and
0: That's very true. And there's a reason why I'm not married too, so
1: Hey, you and me both. I'm just kidding, right? Like I have a honeydew list, what?
0: (laughs) So Wonder Woman's personality was designed to be that of the perfect woman, or at least according to Marston. He had written a book in 1928 called Emotions of Normal People. And in it, he described what people's personalities were. And he believed that personalities were a blend of four unique behaviors, dominance, inducement, Submission and compliance. He called this the disc theory. So he created Wonder Woman to be a love leader, as strong as a masculine archetype, like me, but as loving as a feminine one, like you, Isela.
1: Oh, so kind. Thank you. I find that very interesting because you know how people right now use, like, oh, they're a type A and, you know, they're very take charge and stuff like that. But, like, I can kind of see some similarities of traits that we kind of talk about even today
0: yeah when i was looking into that disc theory it seemed very much like those personality tests that they make you take at work oh
1: wow
0: maybe this will will redeem marston in your eyes (laughs) early wonder woman adventures were influenced by the marston's sex lives (laughs) during marston's run of writing her She was often tying up or whipping her enemies and was often bound and tortured herself in almost every issue. As we had discussed earlier, there were a lot of complaints about this and Gaines expressed his concerns to Marston. Marston attributed her kinking nature as another aspect of being a positive role model. (laughs) And I can see that the most positive role models in my life have also been the kinkiest
1: that's very concerning <laughs> that's very concerning so basically what we're saying is this guy was very much into snm
0: yep that's exactly what he was into
1: wow we're learning a lot about this guy but again it does make sense look at her she's tying people up but then like gently talking to them yeah
0: mm-hmm. i get him. maybe this will redeem marston in your okay. eyes marston was a feminist and wonder woman was his propaganda Now, despite some of the problems that we mentioned earlier with his portrayal of Wonder Woman, he did truly believe he was doing it with the best of intentions. Marston grew up during the suffrage movement and was a supporter of women's rights. Other women and activists agreed. Gloria Steinman pushed for Wonder Woman to appear on the cover of the first issue of feminist magazine, Miss. She was also on the 35th and 40th anniversary issues. Marston viewed women as the superior gender and believed their loving nature made them better leaders than men. <sighs> Wonder Woman was his vision of the ultimate role model.
1: That's really beautiful. I'll give him that. That is pretty beautiful. I don't know if I'm also biased, but I think every yin has its yang and, you know, women are a little bit opposites of men when it comes to and this is not all of them because I don't want, you know, I don't want our super friends to come after me and be like, "Shut up, Iselad, you, you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> but just in general, women tend to have a, just a little bit more patience and, um, you know, at, at least that was the case in, in my house for sure. My dad was like, oh, get out of my face. My mom would be like, what What do you need? What, what can I help you with? <laughs> so, yeah, the mom was always like the more loving one and the dad was more the practical. What can I help you with? you go. Just fix it.
0: Well, the majority of my friends are women. I have a lot more women friends than guy friends. And going back to what you said, I think you do have to be very patient to have me as a friend. So. That's, not
1: true. that's not true. You make true. You make yourself sound so slow. You're not slow.
0: No. So I think there might be uh, some truth to what you're saying.
1: Also, that's why women might have the babies, you know, because we're a little more in tune with that. I don't know. I could, I could be wrong. But that's that's really fascinating. How, how beautiful that he modeled her to be kind of like this perfect woman.
0: Yeah. And all that about the polyamorous relationship that was all kept secret until uh, it wasn't very long ago that it came out. And it was just because one of her children kept on pressing her on it. And she said, okay, I'll just answer your question this once and you're never to ask me again. That's how that all came out.
1: Well, even to this day, you know, 80 years later... It's still very foreign if someone came up to me, if my boyfriend came up to me and was like, hey, (laughs) let's introduce this to third person and be like, what does he look like? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. But I think that it, for the most part, is still pretty foreign. So they were pioneers in several aspects, you know? (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad, but (laughs) obviously it worked out, you know? Very true. Yeah.
0: And on that, We hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever find podcasts are sold. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us.
1: Come out of hiding. You know
0: you do. The Lasso of Hestia compels you to reveal the truth and leave us a review.